0: Welcome to the Dental Diaries podcast. I am so excited today to speak to one of my favorite humans on earth, um, Dr. Magna Dasani. She is the sleep apnea dentist, queen speaker, author. I mean, <laughs> mom, I think you have a Facebook page on cooking healthily. Like, oh my gosh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So exciting. It's
1: like I haven't seen you in forever and now I have you all to myself for this time. <laughs>
0: yes, I know. We were actually, guys, before we just hopped on here, um, just talking about how long it's been. We, I was down um, so fortunate. I was able to, be, to go down and visit her at her amazing, beautiful practice down there. We were able to spend some time together um, in warm Texas. We were just talking about the weather there here today it snowed here today in Chicago and it's like nice and warm down there but it's been like over a year right
1: oh easily more than a year more, right I year. see all our memories show up I was like oh we went to have margaritas
0: I know I I remember sending you when the memory showed up for me on Facebook but then again like I blink and it's months ahead of maybe when that was <laughs> as we all know it's just such a, a complete blur I went to the gym this morning, um, trying to get back on track with like, actually when I was there, yes, let's do the math. It was before my competition because I was eating. I brought my food. I think I was, yes, You crap. Yes, yes, yes. oh my gosh. So it was a while ago because today I went to the gym and I said, so we have, I've had multiple gym memberships, um, always. And I think that the Y near my office, I had, I don't know. I thought I was still paying for it. But anyway, I went this morning and they're like, you're not a member anymore you didn't renew and I said but I guess I did but I was definitely here we did the math and I forgot that we lost so much time over quarantine yes. I was, and I was paying for the why up and up where we live because my kiddos were the swimming there's that why and then there's the why by my office and they're like yes it expired December 2019 at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. or before 2020 I was like oh my gosh actually you're right meanwhile I was in denial but when I did the math I was just like <laughs> "Okay." We only really went back after the new year for a couple months, not even. Right. Uh, it's like
1: you blink and your kids are like. My oldest daughter just turned fifteen, and I was like, "Wait, what? You're gonna start driving? When did this happen?" So yes, oh. I get it. <laughs>
0: oh goodness! So you have two daughters. Are they in school virtually or down there? Are you? Half and half, or
1: no, they went back to school. It's like I say, you know, they would have given me away if I'd said stay home and do virtual. They were ready to be gone, yes. Um, and our schools have been amazing with everything, you know, all the precautions they have in place, and I think with. My kids are 12 and 15, so slightly older kids, they kind of understand why it's important. You know, wash your hands, keep your mask on, don't touch everything, don't touch your face. So it's been a little easier, knock on wood, yeah. um, and hopefully we'll get through all of this we will. as safe as we could without yeah. anybody getting sick, but uh, yeah, they're back in school. God, that's a
0: dream. That's a dream. <laughs> My husband um, just kind of finished his golf season and he's on duty. And I just got like a text from him. And I think, and I was like, obviously, it sounds like we need childcare, something about drinking. And like, he's just (laughs) shot, (laughs) he needs some shots, no pun intended. But he he just did make that comment. He's like, the kids, this has been too long. I think the kids have Zoom fatigue. And when they're younger, I mean, my. First of all, my 12-year-old, absolutely, and you understand this, like they need socialization, period. Oh my gosh. They yeah. are in their rooms, doors closed, like do not want to be associated with us. If it is, it's like a yes or a no, like no, um, maybe a slim door included in there. I mean, we've done nothing. It's just, you know, the hormonal thing. Mm-hmm. Get it. Thank goodness I remember being there. So yes. uh, it's okay. But, you know, they're going from that to live in these devices because that's where their friends are. It's just too much. It's just too much. It is so i know my 12 year old
1: said i really need to put my phone down for a bit coming from a preteen <laughs> wow you can tell they're maxed out because that's all they're doing staring at screens yes so, yeah i get it i get well, it
0: and the younger ones little brains are getting rewired like the addiction is real the dopamine the rush like that is all they think about going from school to be in that little world, doing the things like with their friends. And then you take it away from them. And it's like something about my eight year old Blake, you know, and a boy and he goes crazy and it's not a good thing. Like not a good thing, but <laughs> so anyway, speaking of kids, um, when I was there, we talked a lot about, um, kids. I think had you just launched your book, which was the sleep happy kids. Cause I remember taking that that home with me then um. yeah um, it had been a few months since we launched the book
1: um, and it's it's been a journey even though it doesn't seem like so long just how many people and i was just telling matter of fact i just got back from the gym and i was telling my trainer this we saw a 10 year old in the practice today boy who is still in pull-ups oh. wets his bed oh. Uh, and mom drove 60 miles to come see us because she's tired of not having answers and i told her that i said i don't know that i can fix in air quotes your child but i certainly have a team that's going to get us there and i will be part of that team and these are my favorite days you know when you have parents that are motivated you know you can help them make a difference in whatever way possible, it's yes.
0: it's one of the best things you could do. Well, changing kids' lives, um, because we spoke to that. This is something I feel like is really, well, we know. We know it's overlooked, um, you know, with our, our kiddos and their airways. And um, I think so many people don't realize that with the, the bedwetting and the, the other things that you have brought to light for, you know, for just like people, yeah, in dentistry. So I love that you're... You're the woman, and there is no better person, no better person on earth to to be like heading this up than you. Oh, thank you. Because your heart is like so big um, <laughs> and, exp- and exploding. Can you take us back? This is how I always kind of start these podcast the episodes. Anyway, is to where um, you kind of started. Maybe you know where and how. I think I know the story a little bit, but this is fun. Uh, The interest to become a dentist, you know, started (laughs) and then a little bit on, you know, your journey and then your journey into dentistry, but then where sleep, like what brought you into, you know, your passion, you know, you're so incredibly passionate for, for people and sleep and how you got into that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So um, this is one of my favorite stories to share, and I think you've heard it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like to say I became a dentist when I was nine years old, right? (laughs) Um, Growing up, I grew up in India, in Mumbai, which is the New York City of India. Um, The hustle, the bustle, the summers are hot, hot. Like Texas reminds me of home because that's how hot the summers get. And I remember being that age, seven, eight, nine, and we lived on the fourth floor. And um, there was no elevators, there was no air conditioning, and not because my parents couldn't afford it, it just wasn't back then. And um, but who did have air conditioning was a dentist that practiced on the first floor of that building and uh, his name was Dr. Ayer. I remember him (laughs) so well. He was this tall, portly man with glasses, and he would always peer down at me through his little reading glasses Mm -hmm. and talk to me, and I remember skipping into the office one afternoon. It was so hot, and it's like, what are we doing today? Like, you know, always little nosy me wanting to be in everything, wanting to help everything, touch everything, and... He turns and he says, like, do you want to pull a tooth? And I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's kidding. But he wasn't because in his chair was our neighbor who lived on the third floor. And she'd held me since I was a baby. She knew me. Uh, you know, we were in and out of her house. So I turned to her. Like, I called her Amma. "Ama" is an endearment. Uh, it also means mom but she was more like a grandma to me. And I said, does Emma mind? Uh And she turned and she said, as long as you don't hurt me, I'm okay. (laughs) Now, I know I've told you this, but that tooth was, she could have wiggled it out. (laughs) Let's put it that way. But she was scared and you and I know this. We see this in so many of our patients. Well, he numbed her up and everything and handed me the forceps. And I got to hold that tooth and yeah, I say, I pulled a tooth. You and I truly know what I did, but that got me hooked. Like that day was, I was like, I am a dentist, not I want to become a dentist. I (laughs) I am a dentist.
0: Amazing. So
1: I carried that tooth around for the longest time, but I honestly think that is what, uh, just seeing the difference we can make in somebody's lives, people that are scared, that are hurting, Um, and how we can soothe calm those fears and actually take them out of pain Mm -hmm. is what I think set me on that journey to um, becoming a dentist and you know I I did what I needed to do went to dental school there and I actually had a practice in Mumbai I practiced for six years And, um, when I still go home, I get to see, um, all the patients because it was everybody in our community that I was chasing. So it's, it's, it's fun when I go back home and then a boy happened. (laughs) My (laughs) husband. (laughs)
0: Love, love. It always gets in the way,
1: right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he was studying, um, at Ohio state when I met him. And sure enough, I had to pack everything up, shut down my practice, and I moved here. Were you engaged? Or did you... um, When you decided to... For another day. (laughs) We actually (laughs) met online. So we didn't have the whole, oh, you don't get to see your husband before, but back in the day. So very taboo, but turns out our families knew each other. So... There was no like movie romance, kind
0: of. I'm gonna run away wait, from home. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know this part at all. Wait, online, <laughs> I mean, this wasn't like the days of like Tinder right now. So oh, no, no, what no. no. Online, like somebody introduced you and you just talked online and had a relationship online? So back
1: then, Hotmail was the bomb. Like we all had a <laughs> I think my
0: husband still has an address from Hotmail. You, I mean, my gosh, right? But Hotmail had chat rooms and that's oh, where i met him. I love it. Oh my gosh that's so good. That is so.
1: Good. <laughs> so i almost expected to go home and you know be met with all this resistance because my parents wouldn't know the boy and how dare i fall right. in love with somebody i've never met and i was expecting a bollywood movie drama right? <laughs> nope, none of that kind. She says, "Oh really? What's his name?" And I tell her his name, and she goes, "Oh, I wonder." The next thing I know, the whole uh, mommy grapevine is—you uh, know—she calls somebody, calls somebody, and the next thing I know, she's on the phone with my mother-in-law. He's okay. And they're <laughs> like, "Oh, we know each other. Our families have known each other for years." Oh my gosh, that's amazing. If it wasn't meant to be, I don't know what was. But get this, we actually went to high school together, my husband and I. What? We didn't know each other then. That is
0: crazy serendipity. So he
1: says he had to come halfway across the world to come meet me. Eh, we'll
0: take that. And you did, you packed up and went. I love it. I
1: did, I did.
0: Oh my gosh, were you gosh, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. Like, just like, because you don't know, you don't know if you don't take chances Mm -hmm. and that's something for everyone out there. Like you need to lean in because the worst that happens is that you pack up and go home. But like, if you didn't seize the opportunity in that moment, you could have just missed out on your soulmate that was Absolutely. waiting there so yes. when you got there was it literally soul ness? like did you meet him and then like you guys just were best friends forever like you when you know you know kind of thing and yes. I know it's so cliche, yes but... the
1: first time I spoke with him I was like this is it he is the one literally oh my god so 20 years now yes so I can... <laughs> congrats on that amazing thank you but um yeah so to be able to practice you had to go back to school took my national boards and i went to boston bu
0: so he he decided to stay so he was at ohio he stayed so
1: when we met he would graduated he was working he was in houston already
0: Oh, okay um
1: so i moved Got to it. houston started to take my tests and Got applied oh. to dental school yep. And that's when I went to BU. I was there for a couple of years. uh, Did he follow you there? He did not. We had a long distance
0: marriage for the two years. Even more incredible, right? (laughs) That that you were able, that says everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, we always had that in the back of our minds as to how much we we sacrificed or gave up being away from family. And I've told you this, we still do not have family over here. Mm -hmm. Our parents, our siblings are all back home. So it's you guys that are our family, our friends are our family. And um, what happened in that course is what has led me to this path. So as a newlywed, I remember I was studying for my national boards and my husband worked at a plant that was 40 minutes away from home. So he'd leave early in the morning. And um, I I distinctly remember the day because I would wake up with him so I could get my studying done um, early in the morning and then get on with whatever I wanted to do for the rest of the day. And he left and he got to the office. I got the call saying, I'm here. And as soon as I hang up that call, my mother calls. Now remember, this was 20 years ago. So there was no WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. We used calling cards to call home and we would speak with home once a week. It was on the weekend. So if mom calls on a Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., I know something's wrong. Either somebody's getting married or something else. And sure enough, it turns out we'd lost my father-in-law. He was only 56. Um, And she said, you got to come home and you got to come home now. And um, as, you know, on our flight back, um, I called my husband. I said, you got to come back. You got to go home. Um, On our flight back, I remember I was a hot mess. Like I could not stop crying because that's a family member. It's my dad. Uh, My father-in-law, and um, he was just very controlled and stoic, and you know, just there. And I was like, "You got to show some emotion. This is not healthy for you." And this still gives me goosebumps. I was speaking to somebody else about it last week. He turned to me, and he said, he shrugged his shoulders, and he said, "All the men in my family have died at this age. He lost his grandfather at the same age, and uncle." and now his dad, and they'd been told this was genetic. So my husband and his brother had accepted the fact that this is their fate. And I just, I, I honestly was speechless. And of course I refused to accept that. I was like, there's no way it's happening in this day and age. Mm -hmm. And, um, And of course, I didn't say anything then. We got home, in our culture, the mourning period is about 13 days long. So while the rest of the family did all the rites and the rituals and everything that needed to be done, I gathered up all of his medical records, whatever he had. Thank God for some people that hoard everything, right? Um, And I literally went from doctor to doctor, every single healthcare provider that he had seen. And consistently the answer, I got back was sleep apnea. Oh my gosh. Wow. And now remember, this was almost 19 years ago. So I honestly didn't know enough. And I don't know if we had options back home at that point. So I don't know if he had a CPAP, if It was even an option for him, used it, disliked it. I know for sure oral appliances weren't available back home then. Mm -hmm. But um, that is when I decided this this one event episode is enough. Mm -hmm. I never want my family to go through this again. Mm -hmm. So even while I was in Boston, I was constantly looking to where can I find answers for this? how can i prevent this from ever happening to my family again and you know once i graduated moved back home constant questions of his mds making sure we're staying on top of things i still was never satisfied with the answers i got to me writing a prescription isn't the answer Mm -hmm. we gotta dig deeper we gotta find what's causing it Mm -hmm. so one thing led to another and you know this as with anything once you it's a rabbit hole that you can go down and there's so much that you find and that you need to learn. So one thing led to another, and of course, um, you know, we got my husband tested and he does have mild sleep apnea. Um, <laughs> and when I told him, you know, I said, okay, you have sleep apnea, a CPAP is ideal for this. <laughs> he let me, and he goes, I'm not using that. Figure it out. Yes, sir. I will get right on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah. Males. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: yes. <that. laughs> right. So um, even more, I needed answers. And that's how I got into looking into treatment modalities. How can I help my family? Up until now, it is still just about me about my family, about my husband, us never having to, to have deal with any of this ever again. But then, um, you know, as I took this back to my practice, as I got my team trained, um, now it's my office manager's dad that has a CPAP that is sitting in the garage. Now it's a patient, now it's their husband. And as I like to say, my family grew. All these people that I loved and I wanted to help grew, mm-hmm. and I I told my team I said we got to figure this out. We got to figure out systems to to get this into actually helping people. And as we started to you know treat these patients, make appliances, form relationships with our sleep MDs, our sleep labs, do what we needed to, the feedback that we got from these patients was oh my God, this is amazing. I cannot believe I went all these years without sleeping this well. Mm-hmm. And then we had this one gentleman that said, well, my granddaughter who's four snores as well. Can you make this for her? And I was like, no, she's still growing. And I couldn't wrap my head around. I was like, wait, I'm barely figuring this out. Let's, let's, take a breath here Mm -hmm. but this is what happens because there's so many people that look for answers that don't have anybody that's willing to connect the dots for them Mm -hmm. so then it's just one huge snowball effect and it's it's been a journey for sure
0: (laughs) amazing I mean with that and your passion for it and I I agree with you. I mean, it really should be taught. I mean, when, so fast forward where we are today, we see people like they're bruxing, they're taking their teeth out, their muscles, their airway. I mean, um, the relationships that are breaking up because people are sleeping in another room because of the snoring, um, it's real for sure. And I don't know, do you know like how many households it like is in, like what those percentages are? I'm sure it's like beyond, right? 40%
1: of Americans have some form of sleep disordered breathing. And you have to think about it. If it's 40%, we still got their spouses that are dealing with this.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, it amazes me how many people have settled with people that snore thinking that it's just normal. Um, You know, I, I think I told you this with a very good friend of mine. It wasn't until we went to a hotel together on a girl, you know, trip in a weekend I was like, Oh, like I'm such a light, light sleeper. And I'm thinking how it was like a train. I mean, I was in the bathroom. She knows this and we laugh about it because I was like in the bathroom, like with both headphones, like trying to listen to mute. And I still could hear her. Like I ended up having to get my own hotel room with a girlfriend and we're there to be together for the weekend, but she had no idea. And she went and got tested and she's now in a full, you know, appliance and everything else. And thank God for that because, you know, it is putting, you know, just years on her life, but I'm like, how did her husband for all these years? Well, you know what? Guess what? He snores too, and they just must be deep sleepers that snore together. But I just am amazed. Or the people you talk to, and they're just like, oh, they just snore and they can still sleep, and like they think that's that's normal. I mean, I can't, I wouldn't be able to. I'd have to be like you're sleeping in another room, and then that's a whole nother story, right? It becomes something else, unfortunately. Yes, but um, it is totally common, and I do think probably in, you know, in dental schools it should be just like dental schools. Never enough time, right? Like we don't learn business, we don't we don't learn so many things. Like we should nice. we should. Um, but but fortunately, we have the opportunity to seek continued education and explore the things. Like I said, and you're so passionate, and you're really out there now. You've taken the world by storm with sleep apnea and stepped in because, like I said, it's just. It's your passion. So you have, you know, your own Instagram page now and you've you've written the books and you have a sleep mastery boot camp where you are teaching this in offices and virtually because we know how busy people are. So they can kind of do it both ways where you're training teams um and then for what to look for, right? And then how to Yes. Yes, and
1: how to implement it. Because my big thing with you know, I never set out to teach this. All I wanted to do was do it in my practice because we all have patients that need help and if i could just help them we could get paid my team could function seamlessly that's all i ever wanted mm-hmm. and then it started with a couple of my best friends would be like hey do you mind if i come hang out at your office absolutely come on over and then it's like can my office manager come talk to yours yes absolutely finally they were like Can you just put together a PowerPoint and Uh teach us everything? Uh I was like, okay, I can do that too. And then one thing led to another. And what I realized is that implementation of this is what is hardest for most offices. Mm -hmm. Because even though we are treating this dentally with an appliance for folks that are unable to use their CPAP, it is still a medical condition. We cannot diagnose it. So we're still working with MDs. We're still working with sleep labs. We are still billing this to medical insurance. So that's a whole different language, right? It's a different animal that's in the room and it terrifies us because it's unknown. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as dental insurance. Everything has a different pathway and which is where most offices I have found get stuck. -hmm. This is where they, it's easier to give up and say, you know what, I tried. It's too hard. We are unable to do it. And you and I are very similar in this. We have systems, right? Mm -hmm. We have, you give me something, I build a system around it so that it then flows seamlessly. Mm -hmm. And um, which is what I do. I just take the systems I've developed over 10 years of doing this and hand it over to the offices and we train them one-on-one we train them online we have all the support to where i know that they have everything i have in my practice nothing is held back because i truly if i can reach 100 patients and you can reach 100 patients Mm -hmm. that's 200 as opposed to me just reaching my corner of the world absolutely
0: Absolutely. i love that i love that like i said and there's no better person than for you because it's so incredibly heartfelt because you're coming from a place of love to begin with. So it just runs over, like I said, and I love that you've taken all that and put it together because I don't know of a more comprehensive program out there aside from having you as a mentor to help you you know, and and guide them. Um, You have also started a podcast. You've done all the things. You know, you don't have time, but for the things that you're crazy passionate about, you find that time to do make that. the time. Yes. And so you have this podcast that people can listen to as well um, called the Healthy Revolution podcast. Is that correct? The
1: Healthy Sleep Revolution. And I started it um, as a resource for parents. When I started the podcast, it was never meant to be um, geared towards dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more for moms and dads and teachers and whoever it is that was looking for answers for their kids. I just wanted to help them connect the dots. But then now I find it's, I have more dentists tuning in, Um, of course, parents as well, but it certainly gives them what to look for, what conversations to have. Yes.
0: Yes. Which is where, to our point, I mean, I do think as perfectionists and in dentistry, you know, we to, for me to like I need to know how to do something a hundred and fifty percent before I'm gonna step like lean into it. You know, I think even yes. for implant placement, I I did Garg's course for a year and then I did went out to Zimmer and then I did you know I just did all the things until I was you know really felt grounded and before I did my first one. So um and that's why you are the fast track. You are like you know when um someone says when you're you're offered a seat on a rocket ship you don't ask you know, <laughs> just you just take it and you go. Like to have a one-on-one mentor versus is is the way. Like I said, implementation happens that much faster. Versus, cool. I feel like you know personally. This is personal experience. But when I reflect and I think back to all of the CEI I've done, and my gosh, there has been so much of it through Spear Institute and all of those things. I think by day two, I'm like doodling in my my big thing, you know <laughs> journal. You know, my big however, the books that you get with all of the the stuff and the slides, but there's like 250 people and we all forget what that was like (laughs) (laughs) for so long and been living on zoom for God's sakes. Yes. uh, New virtual experience. But, you know, I mean, many of us, like I said, it's, uh, you know, takeaways. Yes. I'm sure there's been some pearls, but I have realized, and we all learn differently, but for me, learning is definitely, I think come to finding, you know, smaller, uh, groups of people and that that share the same belief systems and, and and the accountability it's like when you know
1: you're going to get asked did you put your posters up you know you're going to put them
0: up <laughs> yes. accountability you know what actually at the end of the day is everything I mean yes you know the struggles real with me with like social for people because i like for you know even with you i'm like messaging messaging is everything <laughs> like, the reach is so broad like you can get out in front of so many people and yes it takes work everything in life it takes work um Absolutely. but you know i i am trying like so to help people find the passion because you know how crazy passionate i am so i'm like trying to instill like you know infuse people with a little bit of it so that they end up loving it um, because I know they know they have to do it. And Absolutely. I feel like sleep as well is really something that people should have to do. I think we believe in that because it is saving lives. It's yes. not, you know, like um, decay. People can lose teeth. Ultimately, they're still fine. But this is, this is their health. And if you knew that their lifeline was going to be short, mm-hmm. like you had said um, you would, you would definitely, right? You would get on that train immediately. Absolutely. And you wouldn't think about it. But we don't know what we don't know, and so maybe we just have to change our mindsets on that. Right. Um,
1: and I do find more and more of our community is becoming more airway aware, is actually looking at um, have the screening patients and actually seeking answers so that in my mind is a huge step you know just the awareness if nothing start having conversations right we'll get the training and um what to do with it but start having conversations with patients because when you have somebody that's a heavy bruxer or grinder that's your dentistry that's not holding up and like you said as perfectionists that really hold ourselves to a higher standard Nothing drives me crazier than my crown was perfect. Why did it break? Or my prep was amazing. So it changes how we see um, our patients too, how we treatment plan. Well,
0: I was just, you just hit it on the head because I was just going to ask you that and jump into that for a second because I don't, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like I have seen more bruxism in the past few years than I have ever seen. And we're not talking about whether they've been my patient or a patient someone else. I mean, we're talking about broken down teeth, let alone the dentistry, but like crazy. And you throw a reflux in with that. Holy. Yes. Like, it's a storm. And I love how they think it's us at the end. Of the day. <laughs> oh my gosh, because they're sleeping. Like they don't know, like they don't mm-hmm. think that they do anything so that they'll yeah. reflect that on, you know, and um but that's up to us and that's our duty to kind of walk them through this which is why we need to be educated because that's when we're like oh i don't know enough so i won't say anything like yeah get a night guard and go but i do think um and i'm sure like i said you know there are a lot of band-aids being thrown and at least it's like something right now to prevent them from further breakdown but i wonder you know how many of these are airway cases that are being <laughs> missed because holy i mean i would say Oh my god! In my practice, like I, uh, definitely like eighty percent. Yeah, I believe mean, I that in their twenties. Yes, and now it's it is it is craziness. Um, and I just think I mean, especially today, the the stress we carry. There's just a lot of a lot of different things for this you know perfect storm to to happen. Um, so I mean. I don't know, like as far as just how do we, how do people get started? Like, where do they go? Like, you know, someone's listening right now too. I mean, I know that, that there's you and they can, we're gonna, at the end, we'll wrap up with all where they can find you, certainly. Mm-hmm. But um, it it is a little bit overwhelming. I know I've tried starting it a couple different times and then fallen off the wagon too. Mm-hmm. No excuses.
1: So um, <laughs> you, girl, you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but for those that are asking this question how how do I get started what do I do what do I say I have I'm not trained yet simple just have conversations with your patients I tell everybody this the one question we should all be asking all of our patients is how are you sleeping and then let them tell you and you will be amazed at what do you hear Mm -hmm. They come to you for, um, I can't perform in the bedroom. I wet my bed. I suck my thumb. I'm talking of adults. My husband snores. My child snores. We sleep in separate rooms. You hear like the whole, everything you could possibly hear. And just the one question, how are you sleeping? And you trace that back and help them connect the dots. And a lot of times it's not just, oh, I am snoring. You'll never hear that unless, you know, if the wives kick them out or the husbands kick them out. But I had to sleep on the couch. I have a backache because I slept on the couch because my husband was snoring again. I can't tell you how many wives walk into the practice literally dragging their husbands. He snores and he's just like, well, I'm here because she said I need to be here. Yes, you do. You obviously have a problem. And then when they come in for follow-ups, the wives are sobbing because they're convinced something bad's gonna happen to the husband. And now he is sleeping, she is sleeping, the worry's gone. It's just we're literally changing (laughs) lives.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a relationship. Like I said, that like that that helps the relationship. I mean, we all know when we're tired. I mean, first of all, one. I just wanted to like yeah, t- hit on the fact, like if they're um, napping, talk about people like on the road, even driving, like things like that. Oh my like, gosh, you know, yes, yes. Um, but being a parent and being fully present for your kids, you know, because like I said, you throw stress into a mix. Stress and being tired, that's that's not a good scenario for anyone, right? That's because you're not even going to realize that you might be lashing or snapping um, when you don't want to be. So like when you talk about being a different human altogether, sleep is everything. I mean, I know for me personally, I, I <laughs> know um, I that I'm human when I can catch up on sleep. We are
1: so much nicer to everybody.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Including ourselves. Oh, yes. Yes, you know we look better too. Which <laughs> there isn't any. Yeah, I've tried all the under eye concealers, right? When you're that tired. There's nothing that's going to cover up the <laughs> the under eyes. I know you get kind of look for that too, which is um, amazing. But kids, because um, I know I talked to you about my daughter Morgan as well, because she was she was snoring. I didn't have any of the other things. Yes. but she had had her adenoids out and not her tonsils. And so for me, I was like, oh, they can take her tonsils out. Her tonsils are always kind of inflamed, but, but you got me, um, you know, uh, thinking a lot differently. And so I found an orthodontist that does do that up here. And now we have her ortho and we're doing all Good. really excited about. And, um, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been better. And thank goodness we caught it early, you know? Yes. And for kids, like, so the relationship, Um, like you said, with the MDs, but then, like I said, the orthodontists and getting them trained too, so we can get the kids early enough that they don't get to be adults, and they haven't, not to a point where they've taken their teeth down 50% before we can get in there, and I think, honestly, if we told our patients, like, hey, this is going to be a $50,000 health rehab, or we just get you into something now. They'd be like, oh, shit, like, okay, I'll, I'll wear the appliance, Right. Because it's like that tooth where you're like, all of a sudden it might need a root canal and a crown and like all of the things are like, do the filling. filling. So it's really up to us to educate them. Um, Mm -hmm. And that isn't to throw a scare tactic at them, but it is scary. And if it takes that to save their life, then so be it, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. So you, did you, um, when I was there as well, you were developing, I think it's already been like developed, has it been patented. I mean, you have your own appliance, right? Correct. Um,
1: For using kids. Yes, super excited about it. Um, We are in the final stages. Yes, um, we have the patent on it. And in the final stages of nailing down details with the lab, because we want to make sure that um, whatever goes out to patients is something that um, the doctors that use it and I are okay putting our names on it. So Mm -hmm. it's just the final details, we have a group of beta testers using it on their patients, but we've seen some great results. So I'm super excited to just just let people
0: help their patients with it. As you should be, that's amazing. I mean, so, so good. Um, so we know you're the sleep queen. I just kind of like, as we wrap to the end, wanna talk about, I mean, like your amazing team and the culture that you have established at your practice. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yes. Um, I will be the first to admit I have made every mistake there is. Me too. Yeah. In being a leader. Yeah. And um, thankfully, I quickly realized what I should not be doing. <laughs> um, But yes, I do have a pretty, pretty amazing team. I'm super proud of them. Um, You know, when I tell docs that your team should take ownership in the practice and you've met them.
0: Yes. Incredible. My
1: team has zero problems telling me I cannot go shopping with my own credit card. (laughs) Say what? Come again. It's not in the budget doc. You cannot go buy more equipment. What?
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yep. we need we need teams like that though, accountability, yeah. right? And oh my gosh, yes. We want yes. toys all the time. We'd Absolutely. In debt forever. <laughs>
1: <Either> <laughs> yes. <any other. laughs> yeah. Um and I, I truly believe that uh my team does see the patients as their patients. Um sounds so cliched but you live this too so i know you understand it but we treat our teams like family right and it's not just because we have to say it but they truly are and that is what gets reciprocated and that is where the ownership comes in my team would be the first one to tell me for example i just bought a new vehicle i've had my van for like 11 years We could have walked faster than that man could drive. And I loved it, but I wanted to hold on to it. Doc, you need a new car. Really, doc, you need a new car. What team member is going to tell the doctor this? You deserve a new car. They're genuinely happy because they see what the practice is doing for them as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is where that, that feeling of family, somebody that truly has your back, that truly is invested in your success because you're invested in theirs. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know um, any other way but to have it that way. anymore.
0: Share with everyone the back room and that wall, that incredible <laughs> colorful wall in the back. That positive, glowing, like, like. That's my favorite
1: place in the entire office. Love it. So it is. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Dentist Day, boss's Day, something of that. So doctor Appreciation Week, something of that sort. Mm-hmm. And I, I cried so much that day. They painted. Oh, so we had that wall. I asked for it to be painted with the, um, what is the paint? The whiteboard paint, right? I think that's what it's called. Yes. Because I wanted to use that wall for our KPIs. We're huge about tracking things and uh, just for things that I need to look at on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So they painted it for me and said, we're going to let it dry and we'll write everything up. And I was like, okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. And they stayed back and each team member, and you've seen the wall Mm -hmm. and anybody that knows me on Facebook, I am super proud of it, have their hashtags for me, their descriptions, What they think of me. Some of them are really funny. Some of them are inside jokes. But um, every hour on the hour, I had 18 members then. They each wrote me handwritten letters, um, just whatever they wanted to say to me. And they didn't care what I was doing. On the hour, I had to drop what I was doing. Our patients were in on this and go to the back and read the letters. So literally I had like I cried. It all day long I cried all day long. Oh. But
0: um, I absolutely adore them. I I am honestly blessed. Oh my gosh, that wall is it's a beautiful mural that just speaks screams actually the culture and everything about your practice, your team, who you are, what you guys stand for, all of it. It's It's incredible. I think when I was there, I think I took uh, multiple (laughs) pictures. I think I took the big picture and then I like focused in and took a thousand different pictures of all (laughs) the little incredible sayings and things. um, Because it is, it's absolutely beautiful. And I wish that more practices would stop for a minute. um, That the leaders would step in and love on their people more and, you know, because like you said, that's, it's fully reciprocated and it's a beautiful love story then. And we're able, like I said, to love on our patients better and harder, like, and everyone is just happy. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And, you know, for, for me, I always say fun, but it is, it's like, cause it should be fun and, you know, enough with the, the negative, you know, except so many, and you speak to this too, and I see it and I don't speak to it as much. You've been vocal about it, but like enough, enough on these threads that are everywhere because that's all it is. And I, like you choose not to be part of that. I want to be in a positive space where, you know, we are just happy and filled with love because that's what it's about. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) You know, I tell docs this, yes, our practices are a business Yes, we are business owners. And our team members are I I dislike the word staff or employees because they're a team. Um, But can we set all of that aside for a minute, Mm -hmm. and actually just treat them as human beings? Mm -hmm. How would I want to be treated if I were an employee in your practice, for example? And that's all I ask myself. It's like, sometimes it's just we've had a rough week. I'll shut everything down. I'll call patients and off we go get pedicures. I know you do this too. Yes. Yes. Off we go for just let's go get dinner together, lunch together.
0: Let's just
1: breathe. Yes. If I take care of them, they're going to take care of me, my patients, my business, my practice. It just flows. Right. And I find a lot of leaders forget this. That's where the problems begin.
0: Yes. That's, Number one is yeah, taking a minute to get to know one another on a different level by stepping outside, asking them, what are five things about you? I mean, we, you know, we've done these like little things and um, they're so good. More than anything though, I think again, we're on the same page with empowering your team, letting your team fly, because like I said, so they can grow, right? If they fail so Stop good.
1: Micromanaging.
0: Yes. exactly because I know you have things like I have things outside we're multi-passionate people so we can't be there all the time and guess what I wasn't there yesterday and I'm not going to be there today my team are freaking rock stars I don't think about anything they have got me covered like when you get to that place like I said that appreciation's there and all that's happening and you let go you would be so surprised but you know to be showing up and just having your schedule, you know, be filled and the burby turning, because that's ultimately why we went to dental school. We want to do teeth, right? Like, yes, you know, yes. Our, our people, but, and that's what they're there for. They want to carry that practice. So let them, let them. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's where, again, I think, I think people just get stuck. And, um, and so, yeah, I just think, like I said, your, your practice is amazing. Your team is incredible. I love everything. I love who you are as a human. And I love everything that you stand for and that you're doing. And the fact that you are, are changing you know, the, the world when it comes to saving lives um, with getting people to step in and learn more about sleep apnea and recognize sleep apnea and, and do more of it so that you can save lives really sure. at the end of the day. So is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover for any of it? I think
1: we've talked and talked and talked this filled my heart let me be honest here just it's been a while since I've gotten to see you I know I agree I agree hugs virtual hug I know (laughs) Virtual
0: (laughs) hug across the screen (laughs) I agree I agree
1: you are one of my favorite people on this planet so I am so so happy we met and me
0: too me too. And I I believe in that. And, and you are light. You are truly. Oh, thank you so much. You too. Um, please share with everybody where they can find you, all of your handles and and all of that awesomeness. Okay.
1: Um, so I am on Facebook. Um, our office page is Dasani Dentistry. Mine is Magna Dasani. Um, Instagram, our handles are Healthy Sleep Revolution, and the office one is Dasani Dentistry. Again, um, let's see. LinkedIn, I'm not very active on, so we're not going to share that. That is something I still haven't figured out. Um, but for any other information for resources for either the doctors or even parents um, that may be looking for more information, my um, website magnadasani.com easy to remember Mm -hmm. um has all of the information it has my podcast links it has links to blogs parent information course information whatever it is that you may need and also the best way to get a hold of me so and girl
0: your instagram has an amazing link tree you did not mention that but your instagram handle for (laughs) your personal slash branded page has access and you can I love it. I love it. I wonder who helped me set it up. Oh my gosh. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) the color. color. It's It's so good. But I was like, you can also just go to the link tree in your bio there and and if that's the fastest way for people as well, um, you can click on you know your podcast and your um sleep mastery bootcamp there and everything too. So for whatever works, obviously there's the website and then for those of you that There's different are, ways to get to the same destination there is but you know what this destination like bringing us all together ultimately has been social media so thank you speaking to that it has <laughs> connected all of us and i am so incredibly grateful so so thank you for being here so thank great- you for having me keep spreading the amazing sleep love and just love you put out there to everybody thank you <laughs> thank you